Hello from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks, St Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Let's talk about times are refreshing. Anyone, times are refreshing. Wax three nineteen. Repent therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that He may send Jesus, Christ who was preached to you before whom heaven must receive until times of restoration of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the world began. I believe Jesus is coming back. It's amazing when you kind of, just recent, I'm not going to be talking much about this, just a side issue, free of charge. Uh, there's so many things going on at the moment, so kind of prophetically are coming together. Just, I, I'm not going to go into it, but just this very week, there's something that actually is an incredible sign of the nearness of the Lord's return. And I just think we need to constantly be very focused on that and be aware that Jesus is coming back very soon. Amen? I want to talk about this sense of times of refreshing because I think God wants to bring seasons, times of refreshing to his body. I think actually life, and I think it's just life many times, but I think people can be gripped by weariness, they can be gripped by weariness, exhaustion, tiredness, People think kind of worn down. In the truth, so many feel that way. Just this sense of just feeling so worn down and so weary, so tired, so exhausted. Don't seem to have any inner resources to, to lift themselves up against all the various things that life offers. And God's got this amazing answer. Who can see this answer? Otherwise, good to see Pat here. Just know to say Pat. Good to see you. Oh, sorry to see you. Times of refreshing is the answer to what many people feel in our day. Times of weariness. The Bible says that times of refreshing come from the presence of the Lord. It's the answer. And I just think we, so it's a season that we need to kind of really come into. So I believe, I mean, found this, the days in which we're beginning to come into more and more, far more precious coming. Both spiritual, uh, demonic, if you want to say, spiritual warfare beginning to intensify. The things going on around us, the life, all, all kinds of things are, in, I mean, would feel it's intensifying. And so, in order to kind of, kind of deal with that, times of refreshing. Isn't that awesome? That comes from the presence of the Lord. And that word there, uh, when it, when it, the word refreshing, I was looking at what the word refreshing means. I love the, the kind of meaning of it. It means to become fresh again. How many want to feel fresh again? You know, real, it's a picture really of, of ever had a stale room? I'm sure you, I'm sure you don't, but a stale room. And in that room, it's really stale. And the only way you deal with it, you kind of open the windows. And suddenly the, the fresh air comes in and, and everything seems fresh again. You know, all the dust kind of blown out and everything seems fresh again, you know. And that beautiful aroma of the fresh air begins to kind of fill your house. And that's what it basically means. It means to, to receive fresh air. In other words, that we become fresh again. We become excited again. We become zealous again. We fall in love with Jesus afresh. 
You know, everything becomes fresh again. Because the truth is, in the Christian life, everything can so easily become stale. Isn't that true? So easy, everything can become routine. And in order to deal with the routine and, the, and, the, and, and, and losing that sense of freshness, God says, times of refreshing. So you can be in a, in a continual sense of freshness in your life. Everything can become fresh. Your relationship with God becomes fresh. Your walk with God seems fresh. Everything becomes fresh when times of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. Amen? The next meaning of it means to, it means to, 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 to give fresh breath, to resuscitate. I'm talking about somebody goes and, you know, you, what's that called when you kind of resuscitate them? Yes, yes, yes. Whatever that, yeah, it is. You know, and it means to, 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 <laughs> to, to breathe into them again. And, and you breathe breath into them to sort of resuscitate them, bring them back to life. And there's nothing, I think things often can die in our lives. And God comes with fresh breath to bring back to life. You know, really, that's what the word revival means. The word revival means to bring back to life. Often people say, I don't believe in revival. Well, there's the thing. That means then we should be living in the fullness of what it says in the book of Acts. Amen. And if we're not, then that means we need to be what? Revived or refreshed. Times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord to bring fresh breath into our lives again. It also means to give rest. And you kind of like that sense and you just, you know, after you've had a hard day's work, you know, like I, you know, a hard day's work, you've been there digging your holes or else you've been doing and just relax. You rest. All the stress of the day, you just rest. And that's what that word means. It means to enter into rest. The rest of God. To enter into God's rest. In other words, you're not striving or struggling. You're just resting. And you minister to God out of a place of rest. You're not trying to, you know, make something happen. You're just resting in God. And out of that resting, God begins to direct and lead and and move you. You're resting, in a sense, in the promises of God. So that's what that verse says. That there's going to come times of refreshing. Amen? For those who feel weary. For those who feel worn down. For those who feel exhausted. For those who feel overwhelmed. Times of refreshing. To bring freshness again. To bring fresh breath again. To bring rest again in your life. Isn't that awesome? Now, Notice this. Do you know, it's true that for every Bible verse, there's always a condition. Everyone notice that. It's not just a, you know, a verse that God just gives kind of blatantly. There's always a condition often attached to the promise. How many can see the, how many can see the conditions right there for times of refreshing? Here's the first one. Repent, therefore. So if I want times of refreshing, what needs often take place in my life? I need, if I want fresh power, if I want a fresh move of God in my life, then the, the first thing we're told here is there needs to be a repentance. And that word repent means to, to turn from sin in your life, which is a result of the Holy Spirit's work illuminating the conscience. 
In other words, it's not a kind of work something out. It's when the Holy Spirit comes. I mean, have you ever read this? And he begins to convict you. Have you ever read that conviction? And when the Holy Spirit begins to convict the conscience, you begin to respond to the convicting work of the Spirit by repenting. By turning away from what God has laid upon your heart. In other words, you turn from everything in your life that the Holy Spirit is illuminating and revealing to you that is not pleasing to him. Because there's the point. By not dealing with that, that's a blockage, that's a hindrance from receiving times of refreshing. You see that? So as the Spirit begins to convict me and reveal to me the blockages, the hindrances, I begin to turn away from everything that I know isn't pleasing to God. Repent therefore. You know, I've read a lot of revivals. I love I mean love reading about histories of revivals. I love it. Welsh revival, all these amazing revivals. And I'll tell you what, there's one key to every single revival. There's never been a true revival or a true move of God without repentance. Everywhere you look, whether it be Hebrides revival, Welsh revival, every single move of God, it always began right there. God began to pour out his spirit. People began to feel convicted. People began to feel challenged about certain aspects of their life. And they began to repent. And as they began to repent, God responded by sending times of what? Refreshing. Great verse, Hosea. Hosea chapter 10, which is, Hosea is a great book really on revival. Hosea 10, 12 says, Break up the fallow ground for it's time to seek the Lord. I believe it's time to seek the Lord. And that word there, it means to, that break up fallow ground means to humble our hearts in a contrite state before God. In other words, the only heart that God can truly revive and restore and refresh is a heart that is humble. How many know you have to be humble to repent? You have to be contrite to repent. And so, as we begin to, to, to repent, we break up the fallow ground. What's fallow ground? It's unproductive ground. Ground that doesn't produce fruit. It should produce fruit, but it doesn't produce fruit. And the only way that ground will ever be productive again is to break it up. And that's what repentance ultimately is. It's breaking up the ground. Why? So God can move. So we can begin to be fruitful again. So we can begin to be fresh again. So we begin to see a move of God again. We break up the fallow ground and begin to seek the Lord. I put it this way. It's honestly examining the state of your heart. Thank God, is there anything really in me? There's a wall, there's a barrier, there's an area of resistance. Is there anything in me that you need to deal with? So I want a move of God, amen? I want the freshness. I want the, the times of refreshing. And is there anything that's preventing that in me? You know, it was in May, yeah. We went to, as you know, went to a minister's conference with Rodney Howe Brown. And the, the, the name of that conference was called a tsunami. That was the claim of the conference, a tsunami. And I kind of, as I began to look, I, I was amazed to find that, that literally a lot of the, what we term, uh, there's prophetic words that are coming to the nations. And it's the, the word is this, 
there's a tsunami about to hit the nations of the world. It's going to touch the US, it's going to touch the UK. There's about to happen a tsunami that's about to break in. People like Cindy Jacobs have said that. Other prophetic voices are saying it without knowing what the other's saying. You know what I'm saying? So this whole word tsunami of God bringing a tsunami of glory onto the nations of the earth is something that is consistently being declared. Isn't that exciting? Now, I looked up what, what, how a tsunami works. You'd be interested in this, Richard. Aren't you ready for your, for your, remember the tsunami when you're doing your, your yachting sort of thing. Listen to a tsunami. <laughs> I couldn't think what it was there. Listen to a tsunami. A tsunami is an enormous wave, gigantic and powerful. Tsunamis begin at the bottom of the ocean called the Ring of Fire, where tetatonic plates and volcanic activity are constantly in motion, shifting and firing and erupting, and causing earthquakes that cause the massive waves of the surface. I think God is bringing spiritual earthquakes, amen, to create a massive tsunami. And here's the point of tsunami. You know, before that tsunami wave hits, the water goes back out. Have you seen that? It goes out. So as the water goes back out, then this wave comes over. Here's what we need to see about repentance. Picture when a wave goes out. When that wave goes out, everything that's at the bottom is revealed. Is that true? You know, I don't know, sunken ships, uh, Wellington boots, bikes. You know, as the wave goes out, all that's left at the bottom is revealed. And really that is repentance. It's actually allowing all that's there to be revealed before God. How many know God already knows it's there? And you're just revealing what's in the heart. Why? So that wave of a tsunami can flood in. How many want a, a spiritual tsunami to flood in? That flows in. A tsunami as we begin. Because what it, when, when, when Peter says repent therefore, he's saying prepare your hearts. Prepare your hearts for God to come and God to move. Because we've been called into this intimate relationship with Jesus. How do you know that when you really, really love someone, that you want to deal with everything that doesn't please them? Is that true? Part of love is saying, you know what? Love, darling, whatever else you call your dear wife or whatever. Is there, is there anything I'm doing that doesn't please you? Because you, your goal, your desire... Get, get this lesson, man, is to please your wife. Is that true? <laughs> Make sure. And I think that's the same with God. The God ultimately said, God, I just want to please you. And, said, and, and, and what you're dealing with is things in you that don't please God. And that's where God begins to work, where God begins to move. Because I think that that God yearns for closeness with us. Can you say amen? And so, you think about it. Holding things back, nothing compares to being close to Jesus. Is that true? Nothing, 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 absolutely nothing. So why would we hold on to something that doesn't compare anything to being close to Jesus? Why would we hold on to things that stop us from being close to Jesus? Is that true? And so we want to Deal with those things so times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. I, I kind of love the way Jesus used to deal with his disciples. Have you ever thought about that? Kind of funny, really. 
You know, Peter says, you know what, God? I'm so amazing, there's nothing I won't do for you. Jesus says, you know what? You're going to betray me three times. Never. He was the first one to fall. Is that true? Because there was things in Peter he didn't even know were there until Jesus began to reveal things and work in his heart. I think of John. Can you imagine his, when, when they went to Samaria? Jesus, they, they didn't receive the message. So, Peter, so John had this amazing idea. Let's call down fire. Let's, let's burn up the whole village. How many know that wasn't very impressive before Jesus? I suppose what I'm saying today is that, that often when God deals with us, when the, he's working in us, things become to the surface that we didn't even know were there. Why? For the times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. So get a hold of this. He says, therefore, repent. And he says this, be converted. And that word converted means to change, be transformed. You see, you can't say you've repented if you haven't changed. True repentance will always lead to change. You can't say, by the way, I've repented, but I haven't changed. Because when we truly repent, we will change. Repent, therefore, be converted or be changed. Get hold of this. So the Lord can blot out your what? Sins. I tell you, the biggest barrier in war so often is that people carry all kinds of guilt. Things of the past they hold on to. And that is an incredible blockage to times of refreshing. And Peter, and Peter says there, the Lord will blot out your sins. And that word there means to completely erase from memory. I mean, see, God doesn't remember your sin. And as you begin to see yourself in the light of Calvary, life changes. So often we live under the influence of yesterday's failure. Shared before about the cruise. Remember when you go on the cruise? Have we shared that before? You know, somebody bought a cruise and lived off the whole two weeks off, off uh, crackers and cheese. And they could have the whole ship, the whole food. That's all. They didn't realize that when they, when they got the cruise ticket, they got all the food at the same time. Amen? And often, spiritually speaking, we can live off crackers and cheese when God's got this incredible, bountiful table ready for us. This incredible work of the cross that he wants us to eat of and receive. And so often, I think the big issue is this. This is a big thing. Sometimes we only receive what we think we deserve. And the cross really is receiving from God what we don't deserve. So often we think we've got to earn it or deserve it. But the true work of the cross is to realize that everything we get, we don't deserve. And when I receive what I don't deserve, I honor the person who gives it to me. Now let me just say this. The way God forgets is this. He chooses not to remember it. You see, true forgiveness means you choose not to remember it. See, if you say to someone, by the way, I forgive you, and then you keep reminding them of it, how many know you've not forgiven them? Is that true? Because true forgiveness means you treat that person as if it never really existed. And that's the way God forgives. He chooses not to remember it. 
And that word remember means not to bring it up again. And here's what I'm saying today. If you don't really get this truth, that your sins have been blotted out, if you don't really get a revelation of forgiveness, here's what you do. You begin to live a life full of guilt. You're just guilty about everything. That, for, that guilt will torment your mind. It damages your emotion. And people live in a chaotic world of unresolved conflict. And they can't rid themselves of those bad feelings. They feel guilty about parenting. They feel guilty about the past. They feel guilty about relationships. They feel guilty about past decisions. And unless we deal with guilt, guilt will deal with us. And God says, I want to blot it all out so I can bring times of refreshing. You can't receive times of refreshing if you're living under a cloud of guilt. I don't know how true this is. I think it's true, but we're fine. I don't know if you ever... You know, I'm told that when chickens are bound with their feet, when the when the binding is moved, is, is tied off their feet, they still walk round as if they're bound. <laughs> and I think a lot of Christians are like that. Jesus has done it all. He's paid the price, shed his blood, and we're still walking around bound, full of guilt, full of unresolved issues, and we're still bound by things because we don't realise that the Lord has blotted the thing away as if it never even existed. That's what the word blot means. I've got really horrible writing, and when I write, it, it's kind of heavy. You could bring about, you could rip out about five pages, and you'd still see the mark of my writing underneath it. So I write very heavy. Truth about God, He blots it out as if it never even existed. There's not a mark of it there. If only we believe it. Why? The times of refreshing can come. Where does it come from? It comes from the presence of the Lord. I love what it says there. He who has he who has been forgiven much forgives much. I just thought so often. I think with that, it doesn't mean that you've sinned more than anybody else, but you've discovered the power of forgiveness. You've discovered that you've received what you don't deserve. And I think when people discover they receive what they don't deserve, it ignites such a passion in their hearts, a love for Jesus that kind of dismantles every lies of the enemy. Now, notice this. Don't be to Psalm 73, because I blot out your sins, and times of refreshing, where does it come from? It comes from the presence of the Lord. Or put it another way, under the spout where the glory comes out. Psalm 73, verse 26. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my life, my heart and my portion forever. For indeed those who are far from you shall perish. You have destroyed all those who deserve your hardship. For it is good for me to draw near to God. I put my trust in God that I may declare all your works. Let me read. I want to read it from the, from the message. I'm 
You're doing something very dangerous here, using an electrical device, okay? But that's what it says here in the message. It's a message. This is a message. All I want in heaven. You're all I want in heaven. You're all I want on earth. I feel this, this might be a verse for me. When my skin sags <laughs> and my bones grow bitter, God is the rock firm and faithful. Look, those who are left, who left you are falling apart. Deserters have never heard, never heard from again. But I'm in the presence of God. Oh, how refreshing it is. I made the Lord God my home. God, I'm telling the world what you do. Refreshing comes from where the presence of the Lord. And I found this. Listen to this. Often we can be full of all kinds of burdens, all kinds of yokes over us. But it's amazing. The moment you come into the presence of God, isn't it amazing? All the worries, all the concerns, all the things are over you suddenly begin to be lifted in the presence of God. Isaiah says this. It says, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And that word wait means to exchange. And there's this beautiful picture that when I come into the Prince of God, I come in with my pains, my hurts, my challenges, my difficulties, all the stuff and all my sorrows, my griefs, pains. And I come with all that stuff. And suddenly as I come into his presence, there becomes an exchange. God takes my pain and gives me his wholeness. He takes my disappointment and he gives me his joy. He takes my sorrow and he gives me his grief. There's this amazing exchange that takes place, but it only can happen in the presence of the Lord. Those that seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. It's the presence of God that refreshes us. Look at verse 28 there. It says, I put my trust in God. It says that, but Lord, that I'm, 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 I'm trusting you. I'm coming into your presence. You know what the thing is that, that God looks for? You know what, you know what the thing that brings God's presence to your life is hunger. If you're hungry for his presence, then God's going to meet you. That's the one qualification that God wants. He wants people who are ultimately hungry for his presence. Doesn't it say there in that psalm, I think the first, a bit further on, it says, who have, I, who have I in heaven but you? There is, in the first 25, who have I in heaven but you? There is none upon the earth that I desire but you. Isn't that awesome? God, I want nothing else. No, no, nobody else. I just want your presence. I just believe that from your presence will come times of refreshing. Hunger for his presence. God says, if you would draw near to me, I will draw near to you. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Not casually, not half-heartedly. If you would seek my presence, if you would go after me, if you would pursue my presence, then times of refreshing are going to come from the presence of the Lord. The ultimately freshness will always come from your closeness to Jesus. Let me just bring you as a close, just a kind of a landing, if you like. 
just other practical ways where you can get times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Here's the first thing. I think refreshing comes when you know God loves you. Someone said this, good things happen to those who believe God loves them. In a weird, strange way, that's often the biggest problem that people have. They don't really believe that God loves them. And I think refreshing comes when we have confidence in God's love. I think there's so many voices that are trying to convince you that God doesn't really love you. Romans 8, 38 speaks of the fact that what can separate us from the love of God? And we need to be convinced that God really loves us. We need to meditate on the truth that God loves us. We need to allow that truth to impact our hearts. We need to constantly be reminding ourselves, declaring over our lives that God really loves me. Begin to praise him for his love. Continually be stirring up, reminding your heart that God loves you. The Bible says, perfect love casts out what? Fear. And the only way fear is ever defeated in our life is when we realise God loves us. And the more I understand that, the more confident I am in God's love, the less fear will have a grip on my life. Paul says this, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I think the one thing the devil wants to do, wants to demolish in your life, is that confidence Is that awareness? Is that assurance that God loves you? That's the thing he always wants to break down in your life. Because the moment you lose that confidence is the moment you lose your freshness. The moment you begin to feel weary and overwhelmed when you lose your confidence in the fact that God loves you. And Paul says it's the Holy Spirit poured into your hearts. The love of God. In other words, we become so infused with the love of God, it controls us, it captivates our heart. It's almost receiving wave after wave after wave of the Father's affections. And I think if we only look for it, we see God's expressions of love wherever wherever we look. You know, I can see I've got an amazing wife. That's an expression of God's love. I've got amazing daughters and children. Grandchildren, that's an expression of God's love. There's so many ways if we really look, we see expressions of God's love all over the place. And the more I find about that, the more I focus on that, the more I can look in the mirror, believe it or not, and say, thank you, God, that you love me. Get that in your heart today. If you want times of refreshing, have confidence in the fact that God loves you. Amen? Here's the second thing. No Grace. Grace is unmerited favour. Grace really is what produces power. Grace is seen in the person of Jesus. He gives you everything that you didn't deserve. I think sometimes we're asking God for things that have already been done. Let me give you one verse. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. 
says this, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that is not of yourself, it's a gift of God. This fact that grace and faith work together. That word sozo there, that word deliverance, that word salvation, that is the Greek word sozo, which means deliverance, wholeness, healing. And grace makes all those things available. In other words, faith really is accessing what grace has made available. I love that. Grace is accessing, it's connecting. Faith is what connects you to what grace has already made available. You haven't got to earn it, you don't deserve it. Your faith connects what grace has already done. Amen. It's having faith in what grace can do. And the more I connect myself to that, the more God begins to work. It moves me into a position when I really believe. Let me close with a final one. I think the thing that brings refreshing also is authority. Authority. Think about I want you to think about that. Authority. How does that bring refreshing? Authority is the right to use God's power to enforce God's word. That's what it is. Authority is the is the right to use is to enforce God's word. Best way to describe it is say say Guernsey Electric. We use Guernsey Electric. You know what? Guernsey Electric, their responsibility is to get the power to your house. Is that true? Now imagine if you phoned up Guernsey Electric and said, by the way, my lights aren't coming on. And they would say to you, well, you have to switch the lights on for it to come. And you say, well, I thought you supplied it all. No, no, you have to switch it. Well, I thought you, no, you have to switch the light on for it to work. Guernsey's responsibility is to get the electric to your house. Your responsibility is to switch it down. And I think it's true spiritually that often we allow the enemy to rob us from so much because we're waiting for God to do something and he's simply saying, use the authority I have given you. I've done it all. All you need to do is enforce what I have already done. Use your authority. In other words, we allow things to wear us down. We allow things to, to rob us of all kinds of things in life because sometimes we don't use our authority that is ours in Christ. To use the authority that he has given to us. Look what Mark 16 tells us to do. I thought Mark 16, we often think this is just for a privileged few of people. Listen to what Jesus says. Verse 15. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who what? Believe. In my name they cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, it will be no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I love what it says in verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them, confirming the word through accomplishing signs. Isn't that awesome? They just used the authority that Jesus gave them. They did what Jesus told them to do. And as they did what Jesus told them to do, 
He worked with them. They pulled the switch down and the Lord released the power for them to do it. Isn't that awesome? And I actually think there's so many things that we could change. I think believers, all of us, are called to, to do these kind of things. It's not just for a privileged few. It's for every single believer. Because every single believer has the ability to connect to the power source. Every one of us. Every one of us has the ability to pray for the sick, to cast devils out, to demonstrate and preach the gospel. Every of us have the power to do it. It's already there. We've just got to pull the switch down and begin to do it. Amen? And as we do it, the Bible says the Lord began to work with them. He began to work through them. He began to confirm it. He began to release his power as they began to operate in what he told them to do. And incidentally, it says they spoke with new tongues. Anybody ever, ever, ever had a can? You've gone to the supermarket, bought a can, and suddenly you find when you get home, the can is kind of inside, is dented. You know what happens? The outside pressure becomes greater than the inside pressure. Because cans are pressurised, is that true? So when the pressure in, inside the can is less than the pressure outside the can, it squeezes it. And I think that often that when the forces outside of us are greater or we believe they're greater than the forces inside us, we begin to be squeezed in. You know what tongues does? Tongues will build up your inner man. It will strengthen your inner man. So as I pray in the Spirit, the Bible says, you know what I do? I build myself up. I, I, cause the, I, I strengthen the inner man. As the inner man is strengthened inside, it's able to contend with the pressures that come from the outside. Paul said something and staggered me when I thought about it. One Corinthians, he says, you know what? And Corinthians, they were into tongues big time. You know what Paul said? He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. That must have been a lot. And I was thinking to myself, if Paul needed to speak in tongues, then much more do I. And I would encourage you today. Sometimes those things are things we kind of lose sight of and we kind of neglect. But begin to use tongues, to, to pray in the Spirit. And you find as you do that, refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Let's just stand, shall we? Hallelujah. Let's just lift our hearts to him this morning. I'm glad today, with all the midst of pressures and all the other things that want to Overwhelm our lives. But God is a wonderful answer. Times are refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. And if you're feeling weary, if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling overwhelmed, then God has the solution for your life right now. Times are refreshing. Why don't you just ask the Lord this morning, say, Lord, today, I need time to refresh you. I need it, Lord. I need a fresh breath to breathe upon me. I need the wind of heaven again to blow into my life. I need a freshness. I open the windows of my heart today and say, Lord, come and breathe on me anew. Come and breathe on me afresh. The times of refreshing will come 
give me a tsunami today, a spiritual tsunami that will just absolutely saturate every part of my life today. Times of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember this morning, it's not because you've earned it, not because you've deserved it, but because God loves you. He refreshes you because he loves you. He doesn't want you to be worn down. He doesn't want you to be weary. He doesn't want you to be overwhelmed. He doesn't want you to be exhausted. He wants you to be refreshed and renewed because he loves you. And by his grace, he releases it into our lives today. Lord, I pray right now we all come before you today. And Lord, I thank you today for times of refreshing comes from the presence of the Lord. I pray, Lord, today refresh each one of your people today. Cause those times of refreshing come. I pray, God, let the wind of the Spirit breathe. Let the fresh breath of God come again. Lord, we say, Lord, breathe on us again. Breathe on us afresh. Breathe on us anew. That, Lord, all that we would do in this coming week, Lord, will come out of freshness. We'll come out of a touch from heaven. Lord, we pray, Lord, for the touch of heaven upon every heart and every life today. Lord, let heaven come down, I pray. Let heaven come down upon every life and every heart. Renew us, refresh us, restore us. Revive us again, O oh God. Revive us again. Revive us again, I pray, O oh God. Revive every heart. Revive every life, I pray. By the power of thy spirit, I pray. In the mighty name Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceelam.co.uk.